welcome to the Figure Planner Show, episode number 78. Your 15-minute break to nurture a sense of calm and be unapologetically confident by mastering your time and crafting a cousin-based way of life. Today I'm sharing something very personal, especially because I'm a firm believer that when you know yourself, it's getting easier to step up and, and be proud of who you are. And I'm sharing three reasons why it's so hard to put yourself first when you're quiet or introvert and what I've done to flip the situation upside down. So just a little disclaimer, maybe you're really good at putting yourself first and honestly, kudos to you. Um, maybe you can just learn from my perspective and maybe it's gonna help you in a way or maybe you're just totally unaware of this need to put yourself first as a quiet uh, human being. Um, it may also like just um, show some light on, an, I don't know, let's say an, an unusual situation, so to speak. So I hope you're going to really enjoy this episode. It's been a real blessing to outline it and it's a blessing to record it right now. So let's get started. Let's start by a little um, background story. A couple of days ago now, I stumbled upon a very short video made by uh, the BBC about what is introversion. And this mini clip, honestly, it's a three minute one. Uh, it's like a big wrap up of all the misconceptions, the misunderstandings and the misinterpretation that we as introvert or quiet or even in a way sensitive people have to face on a daily basis. And it's, it's just a way to um, express what's going on. There's no um, shame and name or something like that. It, it's really a lovely and beautiful uh, three-minute clip. And... I was really interested by this um, mini clip because it goes from the overall trend that um, you are supposed to reward the one who speaks louder and the myth that when you are quiet or introvert, it means that you are shy and antisocial, which is completely not true to the difficulties to balance our love for people with our deep need to find alone time on a regular basis. And like most of you, I've been through all of these at some point. Like you're in a classroom and everyone is speaking and sharing ideas and you stay um, quietly sit and you're just processing things in your head and when it's time to put your thoughts into motion you may be a little slower than your friends and that's okay but it doesn't mean that your um, thoughts are not valuable as well honestly 
I wish I knew earlier what it meant to be an introvert, and especially in the university, because deep down I'm wondering if all those misconceptions have taken a toll or not on how we take care of ourselves as a whole human. When you put aside, you've got two choices. You try to adapt and you're going to please the group or you stay yourself and you keep walking. If, like me, you chose the first one, chances are you've lost a bit of your soul in the process. And as ashamed as I am, when I realized it, it's not a death penalty. And there's a way to bring your awesome personality back on track to honor who you are and be present for your social activity as well. Ready? I'm sure you are. So just a little teaser. All you need to achieve this is to incorporate what the Danish people called hygge in your life. And if you're not convinced, keep listening because I'll share you, I'll share with you how. Oh, and if you didn't catch the video on the BBC, I will include the link in the bio or the podcast notes so you won't miss it and it's so worth it. When I brainstorm ideas for this particular podcast, I try to remember the long, long, long list of mistakes, errors, failures and things that went wrong in my life. And honestly, the list is way too long to squeeze it in a 15-minute podcast. But at least it boils down to three main ideas. And these ideas are not personal only because I know my best friends went through the exact same things at some point. So hopefully it's going to help you. And the very first one is, quote-unquote, it's selfish to put yourself first, especially if you're a woman, because that's not what you're supposed to do. Okay, let's try to see why it happens. Because, I mean... There's always a reason, even if it's not always clear, but there's always a reason. And in my opinion, it comes from a state of fear. The fear of change, the fear of evolution, the fear of things that don't stay the same. And as loving as your acquaintances, friends, families and maybe your colleagues can be, it's probably a little bit more safe for them if you stay exactly as you've always been. It's almost like uh, you're wearing one outfit and for them it's like you're wearing the same outfit all over again because that's how safe they feel when you are close to them. And if you remain who you are, I guess they maybe secretly or unconsciously 
admire um, your courage to reach for more, but they really don't want to see their world changing. I don't really believe it's about um, your friends being mean, not at all. It's more like they'd love to have the same courage to change and evolve, but it would be so much safer for them if you don't reach these changes. Um, they try to, or they may try to infuse ideas like you're selfish and keeping their finger crossed that playing with your emotion or your feeling will stop you from following your path. And as good old cliche can be awful for our um, mindset some good old cliche are still relevant like the oxygen mask in an emergency plane is if you want to help others you have to put your oxygen mask first because if you are totally depleted and drained and and tired and if you can't breathe you won't be able to help others so as uncomfortable as it is for your friends and your families and your acquaintances or maybe your colleagues, this will pass. And it will pass because you are doing it for you and probably, eventually, maybe it will um, have a snowball effect and they will quote-unquote benefit from your new you and this is what I did to make a change when I faced this situation. I uh, came up to the conclusion that if I don't put myself first no one will do it for me. There's no fairy godmother around, there's no knight in shining armor as well. And I figured out that putting myself first was not acting like a slave dragon as well. It was just a form of respect and a safe way to cultivate this sense of confidence by doing what I needed to do. And trust me, as odd as it seems, it is doable. Let's go with the second one called What do you think you are to do that? Um, I had to face this one quite a bit, especially in the academic world. And I still remember that day when I met one of my um, biggest and, uh, and most influential mentor in my field. And I asked him to join his advanced course and he looked at me and he stared and, and somehow he even stopped <laughs> before, before speaking. I'm sorry, miss. It's impossible. And there are three non-negotiable reasons. You are a woman. 
you are a lawyer and you are French. And it was devastating in my little brain. I was full of anger. I thought it was unfair. I thought he didn't even know what I was capable of. And he's, um, he's got already an opinion on what I was made of. And it was just the first day of the semester. Well, okay, why this may happen? I'm not completely sure. I'm, I'm going to do just some assumption. Maybe it's a whole misconception of introversibility. Maybe it's just a stereotype like women are supposed to do X, Y, Z, like we I speak about earlier. And depending on where you live, this, this is what women are supposed to do. It can be very strong. And it's just a way for a minority of scary human to prevent you from being smarter, taking the first step, outgrowing your comfort zone. And those people may be afraid of the comparison. And this is what I did to make a change. I clearly relied on my comfort zone as a track record, as a field of tiny victories that constantly reminds me what I accomplished, where I came from and what I did. Overlooking your past successes is a sure recipe for catastrophe in my experience. But when you can say, okay, I did this once, so I can do it again. You've got an instant burst of courage. Um, and think about the people who quit smoking or quit um, drinking alcohol. They don't throw away all the days there were... Um, sober or without a cigarette they just build a momentum if they did it one day they can do it two days and they rely on this proven method to stay sober forever and smoke free forever so why can't we use the exact same technique to feel more confident. Last but not least, self-confidence, self-love, self-respect are not my forte. Maybe you've heard sentences and phrases like you're a single child, you must be selfish. Or Maybe your mother is a teacher, then you must be a teacher's pet. You got glasses, then you must be boring as hell. You don't know your father, you must be such a capricious princess. Even your dad hates you. Oh, and for the record, these are exact sentences 
I used to hear for years and years. And in my little head, it was um, like if half of the sentence is true, then the other half must be true as well. So I'm going to dive into this just a little later, but let's try to say and to think about why this happened. I can't speak for every human who listens, um, but for me it comes from childhood traumas and my overall inability to ask for help when I needed it the most. The way we deal with traumatic moments seem to affect how we believe in yourself as grown-up. And here's what I did to make a change, or at least to start rewriting my own story. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this one was clearly the trickiest, because in my head it was based on a real fact. Yes, I'm a single child. Yes, my mom was a teacher. And to me, it meant that the rest of the sentence had to be true as well. It's, it was like a mathematical equation. If A is true and A equals B, then B must true as well. But honestly, it's just BS. That said, reframing those long-term thoughts take time and a lot of patience. Rebuilding our quote-unquote self may need some professional help. And please, ask for help as soon as you feel it. Your mental health is a huge asset in your well-being. When I incorporated more me time, more unplugged moment, more time outdoor, more OBS in my schedule, basically when I tried and when I made time for these hugger activities, for this hugger lifestyle from Denmark, I started to see what I was capable of and it triggers some old aspect of me buried under years of criticism and today it's not rainbow and roses 24 7 but I know what's working for me and I even get what I call a survival guide where I curate cozy things related to um, hobbies I enjoy like reading or um sports or outdoors or DIY or what I love to drink and when I feel a little blue I just open my guide and use it. There's no willpower or motivation needed and if you're wondering where this survival guide is it's in the planner. I mean I build the yoga planner with my own stories in mind and with the tool that I needed to use to get back on track. So if you've never heard about the Hugo Planner, just visit the website 
thehugoplanner.com and links will be added in the podcast note as well. Guess what? It is time to rewind. <laughs> Putting yourself first seems like a scary monster, especially when you're quiet or you're introvert, or maybe when you heard um, the same kind of ID for countless years because you tried to blend in the call. And I don't know for you, but uh, words have a huge um, weight in my mind. A word has a meaning and sometimes a backstory. So maybe the, uh, the phrase putting yourself first is scary to you. And why don't you use um, something like respecting who you are or honoring your abilities or skills? Maybe owning your life path or rise up and share your opinion. Whatever you choose, it's worthy of a try. Because your life matters, your voice matters, your skills matter. And yes, you can be quiet and confident. You can be introvert and love public speaking. Yes, I give regularly courses in front of hundreds of people and I love it. But I need a downtime as well. Or yes, you can be quiet and be famous like Steve Jobs was a famous introvert. It's just up to you. To me, adding more coziness, more comfort, more out of social media moment were a game changer. And we can just wrap it up by incorporating a Hugo lifestyle. Because I've been able to find more space in my schedule, have more quality time with my mom, and even to tame some of my negative self-talk. And it's just my experience, but this is what having a Hugo lifestyle is about. It's creating a life that cares for you first. And I can't wait to see you in our next episode about three surprising benefits of planning a Hugo lifestyle. So until then, keep it Hugo. Oh, and if you love this episode, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. Do you know that you can leave a review? It helps me to spread the word even quicker and to support more awesome people like you. And you know the drill. Sharing is caring. So feel free to send the podcast to a friend who may need to hear about it. <laughs>